please pray with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into our world with the light of the glory of your Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have revealed that to us more and more through the gift of um, your death and resurrection, especially, Lord, the pouring out of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would renew within us the light of that glory that shines through your face. I pray it in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So this morning is a, is a baptism morning, which is a special delight to me as a grandfather of the little girl who's going to be baptized, Charlotte Hope Seibert. Um, my daughter and son-in-law uh, are here this morning with her, as well as um, their, the rest of their family. So it's a joy to have you guys with us to celebrate this day. So in many ways, it's a, it's a, a day of new things, right? Baptism is, a, is the beginning of a life that's born of water and spirit. And um, when it's a baby, it's a little bit different than when it is an adult because uh, the parents have to speak on behalf of the baby. That baby's like wide open though, wide open to receive whatever the Lord would give them through their parents. And uh, it's such a picture of how I think we're supposed to be. Uh, we tend to get closed up as we get older. Unless we grow up in the light and remain in the light, we tend to get closed up. Um, this whole past year we were spent on how do, we, how do we relate? How can we grow in our relationship to God? And a lot of what we learned from particularly the Gospel of John was how do you open up again? And how do you relate to him who came down to relate to us? And um, I think this morning the Lord wants to again renew that and we're gonna continue to um, learn about that a little bit next week because um, Father Steve is gonna be speaking particularly on some of the things that we're doing this year about how do we grow in this relationship? How do we really grow in the relationship and remain in the relationship at a very practical level? So um, Father Steve is gonna preach on that next week but what I felt really convicted to do this morning is to spend some time on the roots of who we are as a church within this community. Because when we came in, we didn't have a name. We weren't called anything. We just felt like we were supposed to come up here and start a church. And we came um, at a time when I think Kenosha is, it's, I, I don't think it's the, in quite the same place, but when we came, it felt dark. It felt like there was a, 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 like a blanket of discouragement is how I have always put it. And at the time, um, it reminded me very much, and I remember the, of the, the passage coming to me from um, Isaiah 60, where it talks about um, the darkness and the deep gloom that shrouds the people. And it, it's kind of like that blanket image. But I knew that the Lord wanted to do something different. I knew that he wanted us to be here in a way, living out and then saying in real words, in real ministry, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And um, that, that he's not left you abandoned. He's not left you to stay stuck in your enclosure where light can't break in. But I knew that if we were gonna come and do that, we had to be that somehow. We couldn't just manufacture it. I can't just come in with a smile on my face and say, be happy. I mean, that doesn't work, you know. I have to actually be a person of light myself. 
And the only way I can do that is if I continue to live in the light the way that he had showed me. I mean, for years, the great gift of coming from our home church in Wheaton, Church of the Resurrection, was that we lived in the light every Sunday and often during the week, during weekday services, and and a word would be spoken, and that word would be like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And again, darkness would be scattered by that. We lived in the light there, Um, but perhaps more than at any other time, we were especially aware of the light on on Easter. When in Easter vigil, at the beginning of the service, we've come through this season of like, of, um, of darkness during Lent, right? And we're repenting of our sins. And we've just remembered our Lord's death when darkness literally covered the earth for three hours. And then Jesus goes into the tomb, which is the ultimate darkness that haunts all of us. And then he bursts forth from the grave sometime in the middle of the night. Right? That's what we celebrate as Easter Vigil. And so I had the joy and the privilege for many years of carrying the candle into the church as a deacon and then later as a priest saying, singing, the light of Christ. And it's that one resurrection candle coming in, a reminder of the initial first fruits of the new creation when Jesus rose from the dead. And his light burst into the scene and scattered darkness and overcame sin. And so I got to say that. You say it three times, which is a definitive number. It's like a declaration that the light has overcome the darkness. And... uh, you bring it all the way up, and there, there it is. I mean, we bring it out at every baptism because what you do in a baptism is you are bringing somebody else into that same light so that they need not live in darkness but can live in the same light that Jesus came and first especially revealed through his person and his teaching. He was that great light that the disciples walked with, but he wanted something more for them. He wanted them actually to live in it and have it be on fire within them. So he says it was actually better for him to ascend to the Father and in that place of glory, an ultimate light, right? The light of the heavenlies. He wanted to go there so that we could then participate in that same place. The great pictures throughout the Old Testament of of the worshiping people gathered together is one where they are in the presence of God. And the light that departed from Adam and Eve is restored to them when God, through his grace, brings it back. And he does that at different times. He does that, for instance, in the rainbow with Moses. And he does that in the burning bush as a picture of light. Doesn't consume the bush. And then he brings all of Israel, and the elders in particular, are there dining in the presence of the light of the glory cloud of Israel, the sign of the presence of God. And they're participating in it. And the priest can go right into it. And the high priest can go right into the Holy of Holies. That's just a remarkable gift of a renewal of something that had been lost. The image of who man and woman are supposed to be, the fullness of that glory had been lost and had been eclipsed and they'd forgotten and they weren't living in the light. Happens again and again. You see it even, the passage I just read from Isaiah 60, you, you see that Israel had lost the glory that they had been given from Moses. They weren't paying attention to it, it says in chapter five. 
They weren't paying attention to it. They're very busy expanding their own fields in their own homes, and they're drinking a good bit, but not paying attention at all to the light of the presence of God and the great deeds that he had done, and they had forgotten, and they got stuck again in the gloom that I just read about. And so what Jesus is, is he's the fulfillment of this delivery, this fulfillment of being delivered from the gloom. And with all of that, we felt like, well, we, we, we must be called to be light of Christ. I think that's what we're supposed to be. Um, but what does that mean for us? And more and more, I'm realizing what it really means for us is, yes, we're supposed to grow in this relationship with Jesus. So we're going to continue to walk in that path. We're going to grow in this way of walking our entire lives before the face of the Lord. That's how they always described the great ones of old. They walked their days before God, before his face, before his presence. Moses was this guy who saw the Lord face to face and spoke with him in a conversation and heard the words and brought them to the people. But Jesus does something way more. When he comes, when he comes, it's no longer just Moses. It's no longer just the elders. It's no longer just the Levites who get some special access and the, and the priests and the high priest who just once a year get to go into the presence of God, into the council of the mighty ones and to be there and to see him and to commune with him and to sup with him and he with them. It's no longer just the high priest because when Jesus goes there, into that place, in the, into the temple not made with human hands, but into the actual one, the one where he is the light. And so there's no light necessary from a sun or a moon. And he goes into that place so that we can begin to participate in the council, so we can begin to hear the words and have a relationship with Jesus and the Father, so we can be alive in the light and grow then from our earliest days to the end of our days, from babyhood to eldership. There's a way to walk it out and to continue to be in him. And it's all through now the gift of what Jesus has done. The first fruits of the resurrection of the light that scatters the darkness are now ours through the Holy Spirit. And so when we're baptized, as we're gonna do just a minute, we're gonna take that light the symbol of Christ's light, the first fruits. We're going to bring it to that water and we're going to bless the water and then we're going to baptize Charlotte Hope, which means strong hope. We're going to baptize her in that water. Right, Charlotte means strength, I think. It's one of the definitions of strength. Yeah, and, uh, and beautiful little one as well. This beautiful little one who's strong hope. <laughs> And we're gonna bless that water. And then through those waters, Charlotte will enter into the death of Jesus and then into the rising up. And then her parents are gonna raise her to walk in that light for her entire life and to remain in that light, just as Jesus asked the disciples to do it. They will grow her in love and in hope and ultimately in healing and growing. Um, some of you recognize what I just did there. It's very clever of me. 
We're light of Christ, right? But the way that we understand that as a mission, right, we have to come into the light of Christ ourselves and be renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we really are then, and we become the light that he said we would be for the world, and we start to shine on that lampstand, not to be hidden, because we've given the full measure of our attention to him, and we've let that light permeate us so that we're really on fire, if we're really in that light, then we're gonna love the way that he loved. So that's the first part of our mission. We go and we love, and we, we help people meet the one who is the light. And then we help them grow from the despair of the gloom of their lives in hope. Hope is about growing and growing from grace to grace and glory to glory in that light that causes things to grow, the spirit. So we love and we lead them in hope and then we also minister healing, which is just our way of saying we help them come into the fullness of the glory. They're meant to come into the glory of who they were designed to be in the image of God. And they can only do that if they walk in the light. And they live out their days in the love and the knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then they, they become light-filled and glory-filled themselves. So we're gonna bring Charlotte Hope into that. And, and that glory is given to us in weak vessels. They're very small like Charlotte and yet meant to become strong, meant to become so full of hope that she's a light for her generation. I wanna say that, um, I'm gonna ask John if he would come forward, John, and hey, could you grab, Father Steve, can you hand me that mic there? Um, John's gonna come forward because I, I, I wanna share with you just a picture of what does it mean when we really live in the light? when we really live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna, we're gonna go and be in the presence of God with the angels and the archangels where the light is actually Christ. We're gonna go there in just a few minutes after the baptism and we're bringing Charlotte into this great reality. But we live our lives in the vulnerability I just described. So what does it possibly mean if we continue to struggle in vulnerability in the midst of this world? And I, I think, you know, we're... We've learned so much about how to do that, but for me, there's one person in our church who, who's a picture of how do you walk in the light when you're vulnerable? How do you walk in healing when you feel broken? How do you live in strength when you feel limited and weak? And for us to be who we are, we've gotta learn how to do this. And in some ways, I'm gonna say, John is a little bit of first fruits for me of how we do that. So I wanna just ask John if you, would, if you would just share a little bit of your story briefly, because I, I think it'll encourage all of you. I have a chronic mental illness. It makes basic life function really hard, despite that. Over the last year, I and many others here have been learning how to live in this relational way, relational with God, relational with Jesus, relational with the Holy Spirit, and relational with each other. When you're in the middle of healing like I am, it's often hard to see that healing. So when Father Eric asked me to talk about that, I was just full of feelings of brokenness, ineffectiveness, overwhelm. So, practicing my good relational skills, I asked Jesus to tell me how he's healed me. And here's what I heard him tell me. John, as you relate to me more, you worship me more freely. 
you hear my voice more clearly. You delight in my will more fully. You walk, you skip, you jump, you even run. You even run in my ways more joyously. You connect with me more readily. You know me more. You're my friend and my disciple. You have more gratitude than you used to, and with that comes peace and joy. You even function better in daily life. All of this is true. As I heard that list, those feelings of brokenness, overwhelm, etc., they were replaced by feelings of gratitude, peace, and joy. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, so much for all the healing you have given me and all the healing I know you are going to continue to give to me. Amen. Thank you, John. Charlotte Hope is a little one. She's tender and vulnerable, and she depends on her mom and dad to care for her. But the strength of the Lord will be her strength. And she can lean into those strong arms her entire life and live in that light, and it will power her. I think for us as light of Christ, as we live out the way John just described, in the presence of the Lord, face to face with him, in worship and in joy, and we begin to express our gratitude to him, we're filled with his Holy Spirit. He is honored, and light begins to burst forth. We knew that's what we were supposed to do when we came here initially. We're supposed to continue in that, even though we're small. I think we're maybe like the seed, though, that grows into the huge tree. And um, so I'm just delighted to worship with you here this morning. I'm delighted to bring a little one into that same reality so she can begin to live in his presence and the power of the Spirit. Um, please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we begin now to turn to the baptism. I pray that you would um, prepare all of our hearts for a renewal. You prepare all of our hearts, Lord, to um, have our own lives, every aspect of who we are, permeated with your radiance, permeated with your Holy Spirit. Lord, as we um, renew our faith, as we renew our repentance even, Lord, Lord, for the things that might be in our hearts that have enclosed us and prevented us from shining, I pray that you would open us back up so that when we come to table today, that we would be like the elders of old, that we would be eating with you in the inner chambers of your house in the heavenlies. Lord, may this place and this town increasingly be filled with your light because we have become filled with your light to the glory of your name, amen.